what's with the hate? Why is he such a <laughs> hater for people wearing shorts? <laughs> Welcome to the Greens and Blues 14er podcast. This episode, Zach vows to hike every 14er from here on out in shorts. I get knocked over by a dachshund on Mount Democrat, and we work through our five easiest 14ers in Colorado. So Zach, we're talking about what we think are the five easiest 14ers today. But before we get into that, how are you doing? Doing all right today, Eric. How are you, man? I'm good. What's you got going on? Not a lot. Well, actually, I say that. People say that as like a, a convention, right? Not we a do. lot. <laughs> By default. By default. That's like, I'm fine. Actually, quite a bit. Uh, one of the things I'm doing is I am helping to coach my daughter's basketball team. Oh, cool. That's so awesome. That, yeah. This is, uh, I did it last year. They needed a little help and I helped out. This is a, a group of 10-year-old girls who are adorable and wonderful and they come to practice just jacked up on sugar. And <laughs> we tried to teach them layups last Friday. That was fun. Um, Did that work well? I mean, it depends on how you define work. <laughs> They're not quite strong enough to shoot with one hand yet. So sure, sure. Uh, we're trying to get them to, to at least do the steps and jump into a shot. That's, I think, kind of the middle ground that, that we reached. Watching kids play basketball, like watching kids play soccer, they bunch up. So we're trying to teach them how to spread out. There's a lot of, I, I think, instinct. Like we need to, we need to bunch up and try to get them to. No, don't do that. <laughs> Is your coaching staff like? I'm sure your your high paid assistants are mm. involved in in helping to get all that going. Yeah. And, well, in video review, a lot of video review. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. It's intense. These girls lead games. You know, coaches will get teed up. Really? Oh yeah. For a 10-year-old? Wow. I need to I mean, attend more of these. This is crazy. It's, it's you know, and the games are usually the final scores are like 10-8, you know, 12-6, <laughs> stuff like that, or 12-7 if they shoot are a free getting, throw here and there. But Coaches are getting technicals. That's hilarious. Yeah. I make a vow. This may tell you the kind of conflict-averse human being I am, but I make a vow that I do not work the refs. I don't, yeah. I don't talk to them. I don't want impressionable young girls to think that anyone else is to blame for what's going on in a game. That's, mm, that's whether fair. we win or lose is on, that's on us. So, yep. and I don't want to set the standard for like, you know, yelling at refs that, yeah. that gets ugly fast. No, it's positive environment other than one little kid. Who's like a super athlete. They're not going to be professional athletes. Yeah. They're, this is about learning discipline and building up some grit. Well, you're and, modeling well and you're setting a good tone. Well, you should wait till you see me run a practice. <laughs> Is that when your uh, the parents come out and start getting on your case? They haven't. That's good. No, I'm my problem's probably the other end. I'm too nice. I'm a rah rah coach. I'm a you're doing great, and I never come down on them for anything. So maybe sometimes I should do that. No, like, I don't know. That hey, can you to me. can you stop shooting it from? 25 feet from the basket feet away. Yes. <laughs> Just, you're not Steph Curry. Let's, let's start there. Let's, let's stop uh, trying to 
double and triple dribble. But hey, <laughs> just gonna throw that out there. We got four fouls. We're three minutes into the game. Oh gosh. And here I am. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. You're just gonna have to sit out the rest of the game. <laughs> and that's when the parents come and get you. No, they know at that point. So, Eric, what are we talking about today? Well, Zach, we're talking about what we think are the five easiest 14ers in Colorado. So why are we talking about that? Why is that important? One reason for me is I get asked by friends quite a bit, you know, what's a peak to start on? What's a, what's a good place for me to start hiking 14ers? And I have some friends right now that have asked that. And usually these are people that are fit already, but don't know what it's like to hike a mountain like this. They've hiked on trails before. So they want to know perhaps where to start. And and so that's kind of how I thought about this list is what's the stuff that would give someone a kind of basic idea for what an easy peak looks like, yep. right? I feel yeah. like that question comes up a fair amount on Facebook forums or whatever. The The question is, hey, someone's coming to visit for a weekend in July or they just moved to Colorado. Uh, it's a fair question to ask, and I feel like it comes up quite a bit. There's a pretty wide swath of options to choose from in terms of what might fit the easiest 14er in the state. So it's a fair discussion to have, I think. Yeah. And another one is for people like me that do not live in Colorado, what would be Mm. a good peak to come out if you're going to, if you're fit at home, which is presumably at a lower altitude than Colorado is, you know, what would be some good peaks to, to drive out and maybe try to hike? Also, this kind of allows us to have a conversation about what an easy hike is. Mm, that's a good and call. so it's it's good to define this so that we know where we go from here, right? Yeah. And maybe that's a good place to go from here, Eric. What do you think constitutes easy? What makes a peak easy? That's a great question. Because on our list, we have some 14ers that are class one, but we also have some that are class two. And yet, I think you and I agree that they're not technically difficult to summit. We don't have to really use our hands to scramble upwards. We don't have to use our hands to use forward and upward motion. We're kind of doing glorified hiking for the most part and at obviously higher altitudes. So they're not physically easy. You're going to, there's going to be some level of grunt factor and some level of sweat to get there, but you're not going to be getting a massive workout it's not going to be chest day when you hike some of these 14ers. So there are certainly some, and we'll go through them, that we feel like are easier than most of the rest of them. So that's kind of my initial thought. I don't know. Where do you sit? Yeah, I, I agree. I think easy doesn't mean not physically demanding. Mm-hmm. Some of these, uh, you're going to be huffing and puffing. You're going yep. to be working hard. But the way that hikers define easy is it will have a trail all the way to the top. From the trailhead to the summit, that trail will be intelligible. There is no ability to get lost. Hmm. There's no route finding involved. You don't have to use your hands at all. So there's uh, no need for climbing technique. This is basically walking uphill in a strenuous way in a difficult environment. Yeah. No exposure on these. So uh, exposure for those that don't know means that there's some vertical relief near you while you're hiking. 
So, or it just means drop off. So most of these have aspects of the peak where there is drop off, but you don't have to hike on that aspect. Now, if, if you want to go do a cartwheel off the side of a mountain, that's perfectly your, your <laughs> right. But none of these have exposure and none of these have what 14ers.com will call commitment, yep. which means a point of no return or a point where you have gone past something that's really, really hard to undo. So these are low exposure, low commitment, low technical rating, but still can be physically kind of hard. For sure. So we've listed our five easiest peaks in reverse order. So this is, this is like a countdown. We both blind did our lists aside from one another. Mm-hmm. And then Eric has combined them in, into one list using rank choice ordering this is what happens when you get an engineer and a philosopher <laughs> together to do a ranking. So Eric, what's our number five? Number five, speak? it's Mount Democrat. Democrat, one of the things I love about it is you can certainly do it by itself, but I think most people don't. They, <laughs> they get to the summit and they continue on and hike around the rest of the Decalibron over by Fairplay. So the round trip listed, if you if you just do Democrat by itself, again, most don't do that, but we're showing about four miles of round trip with about 2,100 feet of elevation gain. If you want to reference Dr. Jerry Roach in his Colorado 14ers book, he has a point system that he assigns based on what he calls efficulty. So he kind of combines the effort along with difficulty. So he comes up with a new word and he assigns a point system. So He lists Democrat as 113 roach points is what he says. That ends up being the lowest on our list of five here. But again, that's assuming you're just doing Democrat. One other thing to mention. I love that word, by the way. That's that's difficulty. Do you know what they call that when you combine two words together? It's a portmanteau, isn't it? Oh, what a Did I even say that right? I probably didn't say it right. Okay. That's genius, Eric. I I probably created a portmanteau just trying to enunciate that word that 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 michigan state education coming through gosh yeah that's well better education than our football team that's a whole other (laughs) i don't want to talk about that anymore so one more thing to add on 14ers.com there used to be a feature i don't think it's there anymore but there used to be a feature where all users of the website that had hiked all of the 14ers could rank them in order of difficulty and so I actually took a screenshot of this before it went off the website. And I think at the time there was 320 or so users that had ranked all the 14ers. And on that list, we'll go through this for each of our top five. Democrat comes in 51st out of the 58. So again, by itself. So it's seventh easiest. Seventh easiest. Exactly. So I think it's it's pretty fair on our list. The main memory I have of Democrat, and this is going back a few years, was I think it's one of the only 14ers where, for whatever reason, near the summit, I just randomly just fell over. And I don't know why. I don't know what caused it. Sitting on my left side like an upside-down turtle with my pack on, I had a hard time getting back up. But for some reason, I fell over. And my, my hiking partner had to reach out his hand and help me up. And I'm sure we got a good chuckle out of it. But it has nothing to do really with Democrat. But for whatever reason, that's my memory of the starter of the Decalibron. So... What are your thoughts on Democrat, Zach? Yeah, I, I want to have the caveat here that 
we're including Democrat as if you hike it uh, just on its own. Uh, exactly. The Decalibron as a whole, we should we'll probably we should probably have an episode where we talk about that and we get to talk about property rights issues and all kinds of fun mm, stuff. Oh, but, for sure, that'll get in. Um, there. Democrat on its own avoids those property issues, yep. and the trail kind of sneaks around the uh, some private property. Two things that I have to say about Democrat are it's in a lovely valley. It is. And I've used that valley a number of times to hike other peaks like Buckskin and Loveland, and then obviously the Decalibron and some peaks a little further to the south from there. The other thing is you start on the south slope of Democrat or southeast facing slope. It does hold snow a little longer. So if you go in mid-June, it might be a little snow hike, which is what it was for me. Hmm. So even with that, I'd say it was still pretty easy. And given Jerry Roach's effortulty, uh, <laughs> I think this peak starts higher than any other peak on our list and is the shortest. Four miles round trip, that's two miles one way. You can bang that out and be in town for brunch pretty easy. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think that's why Democrat for me made it was just the level of effort was even low on this one. Absolutely. Well, and one thing to note too is that it's listed as class two. Why that is, I'm I'm not really sure. It, there may be some rock hopping near the top. I don't even recall that. But as far as I remember, there was good trail pretty much the whole way. And again, to your point, that's why it's it's on our list is because it really... It's lower on the efficulty need scale. So even if it's class two, it's still still not super difficult to do. No. So number four, Eric. Number four is Gray's Peak. It's going to end up being one of the most popular ones, if not the most popular peak to hike. And I think oftentimes this one comes up as very high on people's list in terms of what is recommended for an easy peak. And part of it is because it's so close to Denver but it's also not difficult to do. So roughly standard route, roughly seven and a half miles of round trip, but 3,000 feet of elevation gain. So for those that buy into the whole, you need to gain 3,000 feet of elevation to that silly deal, you'll hit it with grays. That one, Roach gives at 147 Roach points. So again, mm -hmm. still not super high. It was 54th on the dot-com list. So what would that be fourth easiest then overall, yeah. according to users? So again, it's class one. It's not super difficult. I remember when I hiked Grays a few years ago, I, I got up early enough, got to the upper trailhead, hiked Grays. I felt like I was sprinting almost. And I there's no way I can sprint or run any mountain, but it just felt like it was going well tackled Tories afterwards, came down and still had so much energy. And it was early enough that I just decided, hey, I'm going to drive to Breckenridge and try to tackle Quandry the same day. So that afternoon, I I went after Quandry and got that too. So kind of goes after why Gray's is on our list, why it's number four. It's fairly straightforward, good trail the whole way, class one. There, of course, there's going to be some sweat and some grunt to get into it. But not as much as a lot of other peaks that are in Colorado. Yeah. Gray's is, I think, Colorado 14ers Initiative did counts of numbers of people that hike a peak in a given year. And I think Gray's had the, by far the most ascents and the most, sense. the most attempts as well. Yeah. Into the tens of thousands. Wow. 
It's a very popular peak on any given Saturday in July or August. You're going to have hundreds of people hiking up the peak. So part of the easiness too is, is that there's lots and lots of folks next to you. You can join the Congo line on the way to the top. Gray's really stands out for me because it was my wife's first 14er. Oh, that's cool. And she had a moment up there, but it was shared with probably a hundred other people too. <laughs> so, and I think it was on a Friday even. It wasn't oh, even wow. as popular. It was a little longer for us. This was back when I owned a Toyota Echo. And uh, you're not going to the top of the trailhead no. in a Toyota Echo. So we oh. walked the road. So it was a lot longer. And then someone gave us a ride down. So that was that made it a little easier that day, but Gray's is a, is a great, easy peak, a good first 14er for a lot of people, especially if you live in the front range, it's frequently traveled. There's no route finding. Heck, there's so many people there. The greatest difficulty is finding a place to use the bathroom. If you have to, <laughs> there's yeah. not a lot of privacy on yeah. Gray's peak and, or solitude for that matter. If I can read from Jerry Roach, he points out that in August, the greatest hazard on this route may be a playful dog. So I think that's pretty well spot on. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, actually that playful dog might have gotten me on Democrat. That might have been what knocked me over. Or a not so playful dog. Might have been might have been just a toy <laughs> poodle just knocked me over on Democrat. That's all it would take. But but yeah, Gray's is it's a fun peak too. The views from it are fantastic. Yeah, they're beautiful. You can look over. Toys is just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Mm -hmm. That's another reason that it's so popular is because people can, if you're if you're so inclined, you can tackle two peaks in, in one day. Mm -hmm. And uh, even from your Toyota Echo, if that's what it takes. So I don't know what the Subi scale would be for that one. It's a warrior. I sold my car, this Echo, when it had, I think, 180,000 miles to someone okay. where I work at my college 10 years ago. They're still driving it. It has 380,000 miles on it. Oh my gosh. And I took that up some roads in Utah that would be like a four on the Subi scale. And oh my gosh. Scraped it. It's fine. <laughs> fine. I'll just throw a little dirt on it. It'll be okay. You'll be fine. So number three, Eric. So number three, we have a few caveats on this one, but I'm glad that we included it on our list. We're going with San Luis. And one of the reasons I like including this on the list is because I don't think the San Juans get anywhere near enough love when it comes to easier 14ers. We've got a, another honorable mention later on that we'll get to that we can't count as one of the easier ones, but most would. But San Luis works, and we took the non-standard route. I think the stats that I have on the non-standard are pretty close to what the standard route is in terms of just round trip and, and gain. This brings up an interesting point, though, about the San Juans. The San Juans are really kind of a few different ranges. So San Luis is actually a part of the Lagarita group. Lagaritas, yep. And they're not technically considered a separate mountain group, but geologically they are separate. So geologically they're formed volcanically. Now some of the Lake City 14ers are also sit on active volcanic areas or semi-active volcanic areas. But what that means for the Lagarita group is these kind of evolved out of volcanic activity and volcanic rock is subject to a lot more erosion. Mm. So it's a lot smoother. You don't often get choss or scree 
on the Lagarita peaks, a lot of the time they're pretty smooth. At least two of the aspects have a nice, easy trail going up them, and they tend to be a little more gentle and rounded. That may be part of why this is an easy San Juan 14er. I'm looking here at Jerry Roach. Uh, we took it from West Willow Creek, I think is what it was. Yeah, it's from the Equity Mine West Willow Creek Road, which is a little bit longer and a little bit more elevation gain and loss. And we'll have to do a separate episode about that because we never actually saw the, the true summit of San Luis. Exactly. We have to redo that one. Shrouded <laughs> in fog. But but yeah, San Luis, I, I really felt like we should include this because I think it's a really cool peak. It's more secluded. So the effort required to get there is probably the hardest part. For sure. You're going to have to drive a ways either to Creed, Colorado, which from Denver is a seven, six, seven hour drive from... Anywhere in the state, it's a bit of a drive. Or five or you, and a half if you're me. But. <laughs> yeah. Or you can go to off Coach Topa Pass and you're going to have to drive on a, on a labyrinth of dirt roads to get to the Stewart Creek trailhead. <laughs> and that takes a while too. So oh, yeah. Stewart Creek is not easy to get to. Yeah. Um, and you and I have done that drive a couple of times. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful peak. The Lagaritas are great wilderness. For my money, if you've got the time and you want to do an easy peak, this is the one. It's a little bit longer hike, but you've got real wilderness. You're going to have some seclusion. If you go on a weekday, you're going to have the peak to yourself. And we can't say that about some of the other peaks on our list here. So, oh, absolutely not. What do you have to commend for uh, San Luis, Eric? Yeah, so for a little perspective, yeah, the round trip, the way we took from West Willow Creek was 11 miles. So to your point, a little longer than some of the others that are going to be on our list, actually longer than all of them. 3,300 feet of elevation gain. Again, same same thing, a little longer, a little more gain and loss. 175 roach points, which is the most on our list, but it was listed as the 55th most difficult on the dot-com list. So again, folks that have hiked all the 14ers realize San Luis is not among the harder ones to do. And one thing I would add to this, and this was pretty consistent between Dr. Jerry Roach and 14ers.com is taking that route, there is a portion of that route, maybe halfway through where you actually go down. So you lose- You go down twice. You go down and you lose a few hundred feet of mm. elevation. You and go, so There's some up and down. There is. And I feel like, I mean, it's just me being unprepared. I feel like both Dr. Jerry and the dot-com kind of undersold that a little bit because as you and I are hiking downwards, I'm thinking, I don't remember reading about this. What are we doing here? Are we even on the right path? And of course we were. Thankfully, it's not, it's not like Holy Cross where you get to the end of Holy Cross and you're coming up out of Half Moon Pass, and you have and to you get have a to, thousand feet. Yeah, fifteen hundred feet of like, regain. Like, what in the world are we doing? It wasn't anywhere near that, and that's why it's still on our list because that regain is not terrible, but it just was a little bit of a surprise to my system as we're doing it, and I'm thinking, oh, are we having to do route finding here? Like, are we on the wrong trail? <laughs> but, but otherwise, it's a class one route. To your point, it's not difficult. And the day you and I did it, it wasn't blazing hot, sunny. It was foggy the whole time, which probably foggy was a wet. helpful thing. Yeah. It was wet. Yeah. So we weren't sweating up, a, up buckets or anything like that, but we also couldn't see anything either. So it, it was kind of a plus and a minus, but 
it it made San Luis, I thought, an enjoyable hike. It's pretty rare when I get to hike a 14er and it's it's on the cooler, mistier side. So I think you even quoted Misty Mountain Hop from Led Zeppelin while we were up there. You're like, man, this has got to be my song for San Luis because I can't see a stinking thing up here. For those that have done the standard route, there's not the up and down. So what you're experiencing on the non-standard route where Eric and I hiked it from West Willow Creek, a big part of it's actually on the Colorado Trail. And it is. so yep. that is That's a right. very well-defined trail. There's a lot of backpackers on there, a lot of through hikers. The roller coaster emotion where you're going to gain and lose about 400 <laughs> feet twice probably constitutes the, the hardest part of it. It's just effort. And that oh, last right. uphill, I remember being like, hmm. This is a little hard, but uh, <laughs> the standard route doesn't even have that. Standard mm. route basically gains a very smooth ridge and just ascends very gradually on that on those kind of worn, very well eroded San Luis slopes. So, mm. for my money, this is the the aesthetic winner of the easiest fourteeners list. I like it. So number two, Eric. Number two, we're gonna hit another class two. 14er here, and we're going with Mount Bierstadt. So Bierstadt, through the standard route from Guanella Pass, is about seven miles round trip. You're looking at about 2,900-ish feet of elevation gain, 140 roach points, which again is, is pretty low on the on the roach scale. Somehow it ended up being 49th on the dot-com difficulty list, which is like 9th or 10th easiest and this that's way low from my perspective even though it's class two this one is just i think a lot of people would actually put this number two or number one on their list the number two for us i think it belongs there i don't know why is it because people pike it with evans they, yeah i was gonna say did they do the sawtooth too i, I can't that, think of yeah if you hike it with the sawtooth that would put it in kind of the oh. middle range that's yeah that's a, gnarly that's a class three hike but my experience for anyone over the age of 50 that hiked Bierstadt back mm -hmm. in the 80s, Bierstadt was a real, was hard because for anyone that's done it, or if you go on the dot com, you can see this. There's this interminable valley of willows mm -hmm. yep. that you have. And if anyone's ever tried to bash through willows, it's a <laughs> ginormous pain. It stinks. Uh, I remember when I hiked it, I called my dad who had hiked it in probably 1981, 82. And I said, I hiked Beerstead today. He's like, oh, the willows. Well, those aren't a problem anymore. The 14ers initiative has literally built a boardwalk across the willows over the marshy sections. So you're literally walking on a boardwalk for probably better part of a quarter to a half a mile. Oh, at least. Yep. And you avoid the uneasiness of that. And then you're on a highly traveled trail to the top of a very easy summit. It was a peak that when I did it, I was on the trail by, I think, seven. I was on the summit by 8.30 and I was down by 9.30. <laughs> yeah. And I met my wife in Frisco for brunch that morning. Like, that's how easy it was. And I'm not bragging. I hiked with a 60-year-old guy, a doctor that I met on the summit. So in terms of effort, I would, in efficulty, I would rate it actually kind of in the Democrat uh, neighborhood, and you start quite high as well. Yeah, one thing that, to go back to the boardwalk, uh, Dr. Jerry in his book says, quote, a controversial boardwalk. Mm. 
Uh, he calls it a boardwalk trail, winds through the north end of a sea of willows and makes life easy, end quote. And I couldn't agree more. That boardwalk, I've never summited Bierstadt. I've never even tried it without the boardwalk. But man, if that boardwalk wasn't there, I might just avoid it altogether. I know in his description, he mentions that before the boardwalk, folks would kind of, they would either bushwhack, like you said, Zach, or they would just try to avoid it and hike way south to go around those willows altogether. So I personally think that boardwalk is glorious, but that's that's just me being, maybe I'm being lazy, but I think that's part of why, and it's part of why Bierstadt is among the easier ones. Uh, class two, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of rock hopping at the very tippy top, but otherwise it's good trail the whole way. You can see it if you're doing it on a summer weekend you and you get up early enough you can see the sea of headlights going up you can see all your friends going before you and after you and with you on the relative scale this one is definitely among the easier ones that you can tackle at any point not to get too deep into uh roach fandom but i have an earlier version of Uh, the colorado 14ers from hikes to climbs I'll pull up my bootstraps. I'm ready to get deep on this one. This is nerd out, but he says uh, in his route description, start at the Guanella Pass trailhead and descend gently southeast from the pass for one mile to the flats near Scott Gomer Creek at 11,400 feet. Engage the famous Bierstadt Willows. So this is prior to the boardwalk. Oh, wow. Yeah. You must cross the Sea of Willows to reach Bierstadt, and they are no joke. Hundreds of people can testify to this fact. Hardened mountaineers take the direct line toward the summit and bash through the heart of the willows. Clever mountaineers attempt to find a lost trail through the south end of the willows and spend even more time thrashing around. People wearing shorts go way around the south end of the willows yeah. and spend a long time climbing their stairs. Wearing shorts. That's great. <laughs> I love how, how dismissive that is. That's so great. People without uh, a mission go a little way into the willows and return to the pass. So... Uh, <laughs> Oh, Dr. Jerry. So I'm, I'm glad he's revised that, but but maybe that's worth keeping that around because Oh my the, gosh. It's it's that's... the shorts crowd that, that goes the, uh... the easy way around. Huh? <laughs> They're the ones that wanted to push for the boardwalk in the first place, probably. <laughs> oh my gosh. And now well, we reap the benefits of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you to Colorado 14ers Initiative for preventing oh, much gosh. unwanted erosion and allowing those of us with shorts, the hike mountains in the summertime. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Finally, drum roll, please. Oh, where's the drum roll? What is, according to the Greens and Blues podcast, the easiest 14er, Eric? Zach, you and I agree on this, and the that old dot-com list agrees too. This is the 58th most difficult 14er, according to that list. And or I think least it's difficult. Least difficult, exactly. Mount Sherman. And I think it's definitely worthy of that designation. It's, uh, I guess, the the basic stats, five miles round trip, which was not much. You start high. You start high, 2,000 feet of gain. That's I, don't, I think that's even if you don't go all the way to the, there's a, I think there's a, a mine gate that's often closed. You, you can, can drive go up past to. the standard trailhead and actually get a little further up, but the yeah. road gets a little rougher and... Oftentimes parking's an issue too. So mm, yep. you, have, you may have to start down a little a little lower if you start a little later. 135 roach points. I don't know what else to say about Sherman. It's 
it's really just glorified walking, really. And occasionally you'll find, and you'll see pictures of this on the .com, you'll see kind of on the, maybe it's the south face, you'll see kind of this checkerboard view of all of the trails that have been worn in over time. And some of them are probably misguided, but you can take your pick of any line and eventually you just get up to a windbag of a top where you're going to get blown over if you're not careful. But otherwise, Sherman, I think it's worthy of being considered the easiest 14er in Colorado. Yeah, the rock there is this, it's in the Mosquito Peaks. It's this kind of almost crushed granite. It's consolidated very well, so it's packed down. It's like walking on a on a walking trail. And other peaks around it have the same characteristics like Peerless or Gemini or Dyer. Gemini too. 13ers have that kind of packed granite. So it's really easy to hike on. It's quite enjoyable. Probably the one thing that I want to mention, I don't know if it still lives there, but there's an old satirical trip report on 14ers.com where someone went, them and their buddies decided to hike Sherman in full mountaineering gear epic Himalayan, <laughs> like they, they had axes. They even brought ropes and ascenders. Oh, like goodness. They, they did it all. I think they even like laid ropes for, I don't know what they put them into because there's no vertical rock on the thing, but yeah, they talk about their, their ascent of Sherman. Like it's, you know, ascending a 8,000 meter peak in the Himalaya. So it's fantastic. Right, right. That's awesome. I think it shows that it is quite easy but also, I, I think one of the interesting attractions of it, and I'm sure we'll do an episode on it later too, but a lot of old mining activity around mm-hmm. there. And it's an interesting place to to just be. And, you know, the, the Mosquito Peaks don't get a lot of love, but they're in a central location in Colorado. So the views from Sherman are fantastic. Yeah, completely mm-hmm. agree. One thing about the difficulty of getting up is, the day that I did it, it was it was windy, cloudy, but it was early enough to where I was able to go down into the valley and then ascend Mount Sheridan right next to it, a, a 13er that's not too far, which wasn't really smart of me to do at the time because probably the best thing I could have done is summit Sherman and then walk along the ridge towards Gemini and then eventually Dyer and tackle those 13ers. But instead, I just went down to the valley and put more effort into tackling Sheridan after that. But either way, it's worthy of being on anyone's top five, top three easiest 14er lists. One little note about Sherman. If you look at Dr. Jerry's description of Sherman from Four Mile Creek in the Colorado 14ers book, he lists it as class two. If you look at 14ers.com, that same route is listed as class one. Why that is... I really don't know. Maybe Jerry didn't eat a good breakfast that day. That's, I don't know. Yeah, possible. He got knocked over by that dog. But whatever it is, it's number one on our list. We feel it's the easiest 14er in Colorado. I think it's time to include some honorable mentions here, Eric. Uh, good call. I don't know if this makes it not a top five list anymore. but uh, <laughs> I don't think it would be a list episode for us if we didn't have at least one or two honorable mentions. Well, so there are probably some people out there that, that are going to ask, you know, there, yeah, are, yeah. there are a couple easier ones that come up pretty frequently, which are Pikes Peak, mm-hmm. which is class one, but depending on the route can require a fair amount of effort. 
There's some long routes on on pikes to get up there. Absolutely. There's a couple standard routes on Mount Elbert, actually, the highest peak in Colorado, second highest peak in the continental United States, actually are listed as class one in Roach and on the on 14ers.com. And those are fantastic routes, a little bit longer, maybe nine miles round trip. So a little bit more in the kind of the, the San Luis range of things. But if you're looking for a Swatch 14er that's not quite as crowded, or if you're going in the fall where the fall colors are spectacular. That's a El- good call. Elbert is a great, easy 14er. And mm. I often recommend it as the first 14er for people. Because they get to say they hike the highest peak in Colorado, and it's yep. also not super hard. Yep. And there's good camping options nearby, but that's another story. And then you found another one that's that was interesting to hear, Eric, for an honorable mention. Yeah, so Handy's down in the San Juans. The standard route is class one. However, I don't think because of the way you and I hiked it, we probably can't put it in our top five because you and I hiked it from Grizzly Gulch and... To me, that was most decidedly class two because <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a couple of spots near the summit that get a little bit on the steeper side. So uh, we met all of our friends who came the other way the day that you and I did it. But I think a lot of people would put Handy's pretty high on their easiest 14er list as well. And that would be Handy's from the American Basin uh, Correct. Yep. route. It's a little less travel than some of the other easier 14ers just because it requires a high clearance vehicle to get to. I would not take my Subaru. I will say probably of all the peaks on this easier 14ers list, the Handys American Basin route is the most scenic. Mm. So I have hiked in American Basin a couple times, just haven't gone to the top there. And if you have a uh, wildflowers of Colorado calendar, or if you see any tourist materials the wildflowers in American Basin are something to behold. That's cool. And just to give you a sense of how easy it is, my 10-year-old daughter wants to hike a 14er this summer, and that's the one that I think we're going to do. So, Oh, that's cool. That would um, be awesome. So maybe I'll give you a, a report on what it's what it's like to repeat uh, generational trauma and drag your 10-year-old <laughs> up, a, up a 14er. But you're giving her the right experience by going up that way versus the the steep grizzly gulch scree laden uh, route that we took. If it's me, I'll find a way to complicate this. <laughs> we'll throw in Woods Peak, which is a 13 or next to it or something like uh, that, or, or American Peak. We'll do a Kular climb. There you go. That, oh, that sounds like a great idea with your daughter. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then there's one final honorable mention here, Eric. Yeah. So we mentioned it earlier. Uh, we're going to put Quandary in an honorable mention because it would come up on some 14er easiest lists. I know my buddy Travis hiked Quandary several years ago and he he had a tougher time with it, but I was, for whatever reason, I don't know if I was feeling good that day or was inspired by all my friends that I met on Grays and Tories, but was able to give Quandary a go in an afternoon, kept an eye on the weather, weather always held, no storms came up, got kicked off the summit by the mountain goats there, but Quandary was a fun, not super long round trip from Breckenridge, class one the whole way. And uh, I think a lot of people would consider that to be among the easier 14ers as well. I mean, technically, it's probably a little easier than San Luis, but mm-hmm. I like having San Luis because San Juan's needed some love on they this need list. love big time, for sure. 
Yeah, Quandaries and Easy Peak. There used to be a dog that lived at the kind of near the trailhead and it would wake up in the morning, wander to the trailhead, find a group of people, hike up with them, then hike down. And then it would find another group and it would ascend and descend Quandary four or five times a day. And it did You're this kidding for, me. for years. It was, called, oh my gosh. it was like a Quandary dog, but it tells you how easy it is. But that that allows us to transition to, I think, an interesting conversation that maybe just bears mentioning here that even easy 14ers can be hard mm. or dangerous. One of the peaks that receives the most search and rescue operations every year is actually Quandary Peak. Interesting. It's because of its proximity to Summit County and Breckenridge, Briscoe Dillon, Silverthorne, so on. People the go tourists. there for vacation and they yeah. say they hear about a hike that they should be doing and they go to Quandary and then they get sick or they get stuck or lost. And so there's a lot of search and rescue operations on Quandary every year. And most of them are, you know, result in people able to come down just fine. But just a kind of a reminder. And Quandary also tells us that even easy peaks have hard aspects to them. If you hike the west face of Quandary, it's a class three, pretty gnarly hike. And every once in a while, some unknowing pilgrim finds their way onto the ridge between, between Fletcher and Quandary and trying to ascend to the class three route. And that's super difficult and very committed and very exposed. So even easy peaks can be made hard. For sure. Well, and it gets to some of our previous episodes about what are the essentials of hiking? What gear do you need to have with you? Even if it's a seven mile class one round trip, you got to have water with you. You got to have the basic essentials with you and you got to be armed with, okay, what's the weather look like? What is the terrain that I'm on? What's the terrain I'm supposed to be on? And just be aware of what you're actually doing and, and being ready for it. Because as we've said in previous episodes, the mountain doesn't care. And the mountain's not going to do us any favors. So if we're not prepared and we're not ready for it, then we don't know necessarily what we're going to be getting ourselves into. I would also say, still start early. Mm -hmm. All the yep. basics of hiking apply to even these easy peaks. If there's risk every time. This is not a risk-free environment and you need to treat it with seriousness, even if it is quote unquote easy. It's a good so, call. Now, Eric, this is not a digression. But I have I have something I have to say here. Oh, what you got? So I want to defend Easy Peaks for a moment. I don't know if they're in need of defense. I don't know if they're they're under attack. But I think there's a real desire for people either in their internet personas or otherwise to be kind of show off and be tough. And I think that Easy Peaks are fantastic. I think there's a lot to be gained by hiking Easy Peaks. In fact, Easy Peaks allow sometimes allow the mind to wander and do the things that you do. If you want to clear your head, sometimes a hard hike is the way to do it. But sometimes you just need to go on a really great walk in a really beautiful place with a lot of mountains around you. And Easy Peaks provide that. A day in the wilderness, a day outside is not a lost day. Oh, for you sure. Even if you don't get to mark it up as a as a class four classic traverse or something difficult, you're going to be out. And you're going to see maybe see some some wildlife, maybe see some goats, be surrounded by 
wilderness, push yourself. All of those things are deeply valuable. I would say intrinsically valuable. And I think there's a lot of value to hiking easy peaks. I'm a 13er hiker, so I hike a lot of quote unquote easy 13ers, which are usually a little harder than easy 14ers. But oftentimes I've had my deepest experiences on these easy peaks. Albert in particular was a true peak experience in my life. And it wasn't because I did anything awesome. I just had a good hike and a great day. And I've had great experiences on all of the mountains we've talked about and wonderful memories on all of them. And I think there's something, something to be said for taking it slow sometimes and not doing the hard thing. I like it. And I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for really enjoying the simple nature of taking a bit of a strenuous hike on a really tall mountain. And we all are starting somewhere, right? I'm probably not the poster boy for this because my first 14er was class three Long's Peak. After that, I I went after all the class ones and the class twos after that. And those kind of healed my view of 14ers after having such a traumatic experience on Long's Peak. So <laughs> there's something to be said for the quote unquote easier 14ers. There's nothing wrong with wanting to focus on, as we call them, the greens and blues. There's value in enjoying a really good hike with beautiful views, still having a great sense of accomplishment. It's not easy to summit a 14er. And eat a good lunch. Oh, good lunch never gets passed up by us, does it? Or second lunch if you're going to go into Buena Vista or whatever afterwards and go to hit up the rock kitchen. For me, a, a good hike is an excuse to eat. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you on that. So, Eric... What do we have coming up next on the Greens and Blues podcast? Zach, next time, I think we're going to we're gonna switch gears just a little bit and talk about a pair of 13ers that you and I summited earlier this summer, the Buffalo Peaks near Buena Vista. I'm very excited to talk about that and to talk about the various things we saw on that hike. <laughs> Agreed. Remember to get in touch with us at greensandblues at gmail.com or send up a flare. <laughs> yeah. You send up a flare, you might send those trees on quandary on fire, and then search and rescue will get you for a different reason. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. 